The A tonight is adventure. Now, and I conveniently have a Coke can that says that. Ta da. <laughs> All right. Huh? You want to drink it? You so thirsty? Bosch is an adventurer, so I'm okay with that. We'll give Bosch the adventure go. <laughs> All right. Now, but what does it mean to you when you see the word adventure? What does that say to you? Like the Netflix series or in general? <laughs> being a daredevil. Okay, just checking. All right. So we've got being a daredevil. That's one word for adventure. What's another? What else? Nina Jones, that's some adventure. Hey, well, I'm, I'm, I called on somebody. Wait. Excuse me. I'm waiting on this young lady that I've called on, so please be silent. Unique and fun. Okay. Young sir at the back. Pirates of the Caribbean. That's adventure. Okay. Looking for the truth. Okay. At the back. Lord of the Rings. Okay. Cody, exploring in the woods, okay, the Hobbit, which conveniently falls into the Lord of the Rings, let's keep it together, people, all right, what, what, life, okay, yeah, all right, I don't know if Napoleon Dynamite quite qualifies, you do shoot some cows, being out of your comfort zone. Shh. All right. That's probably good on that. Now, the thing is, when we're talking about adventure, to where I would define it, where I would label it, is anything that you do that kind of goes above and beyond the normal. Anything that you do that goes above and beyond the normal. Because our life is usually filled with things that we consider boring, or even if they're not boring, they're routine. They're things that we have to do every day or every week, and they just kind of become boring to us, and it doesn't matter as much, which is one of the reasons you're here, right? Because you get camp life, and you can't get camp life anywhere else. This is an adventure. The camp that I used to work at that I was, I spent so much of my life at, the tagline or whatever for it was an adventure that lasts a lifetime that was the tag phrase for camp grace where i used to work at and for the most part that is you know a true statement it's something when you go there you take it with you and it's something that stays a part of you that's one of the reasons we come to camp year after year but what are some things that you choose to put into your life that you would consider adventure like the things that we just talked about but let me ask you this do you wait until somebody makes you have adventure in your life? Mm-hmm. Now, here's here the word adventure. Let's just break take the ad out of it. It means the word venture means to go forward, to venture out, to move forward. Adventure means that we are brave enough and we are bold enough to go places that we might not normally go on a daily basis or do things that we might not normally do. Um True story, I think three years ago, when we were here, me and Basha were here at Tapawingo doing just this, same thing we're doing. Um, we went on a break, and we went and watched Man of Steel, like, on our lunch break. And, uh, spoilers, it was good. Um, he's actually Superman, if you didn't know. Um, but, 
We went and watched Man of Steel, and we went to this skate shop that was in the parking lot of the movie theater. And Basha went in there to uh, just look around because it's she's Basha, and she's the cool person. She does the cool things. Um, she's the adventurer. That's why she got the Coke can. And um, we went in the skate shop for Basha to pick something up. And I'm just standing around like I'm an old dude. Nobody cares if I'm in a skate shop. And um, I'm just standing around, and this guy walked up to me. At the skate shop, he said, hey, man, what can I get you? I'm like, dude, you can't get me anything. I was like, and I was, I was like, look, bro, I'm old, and you don't make boards for big people. He's like, yeah, I do. And he says, I got a board for you. He's like, how much, you got, how much money you got? Or how much you willing to spend? I was like, ugh, I'm not really here to do this. I'm not really here to buy a longboard. I'm not really here to do that. And the boss is like, go ahead, go ahead. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm in this price range. He's like, this is for you, man. And he pulled it out, and I'm like, oh. And I stood on it, made sure it didn't, like, break into a million pieces and that I could actually, like, do something with it. And I was like, there's no reason for me to have a longboard. I've made it this far in my life without doing it. But it could be fun. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. You know, God's blessed me with a little extra money. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go get this longboard. So we picked this thing up, and we pulled up in the parking lot right out here, right where our van is parked right now. I was sitting there in the parking lot unwrapping the, pra the plastic off of it. And I finally laid it down on that little hill right outside going past the office. Before I even stepped on it, one of our esteemed summer staff, yelled at me from across the way. They're standing on the dining hall porch and said, Hey, aren't you a little old for that? <laughs> Names will not be named. But a young, the young gentleman said that so ever so loving. He's like, Hey, aren't you a little old for that? It's like, Yes, but I'm not stopping. <laughs> and I proceeded to get on the thing and fall and almost die. And, but... Three years later, I've gotten much better at it. I use it on a regular basis. Um, I've taken this, I've literally longboarded with this all across the country. Like, I travel a lot, and everywhere I go, I take it with me. And um, despite what Andy Minio says, you cannot skateboard in an airport. They get angry at you. <laughs> um, so, but here's the thing. This was one decision in my life where I chose, let's go with some adventure. Let's go with something out of the ordinary. Let's go with something. Because listen, how many of your pastors do you know would buy a longboard and start riding it for no good reason? Now, see, most of yours wouldn't. And you know what? I, I work in an office now with six other pastors. And I can guarantee there is only one other pastor in my office that would even touch this. But here's the thing. We can't settle to stay where we've always been. We can't settle for what we've always had because that is not the life that God called us to. Because you know what? If we settle for what we always have, will we ever be saved? No, because let me tell you something. If an adventure is stepping out of where you would normally go, people don't normally go to God and give their lives up, do they? How often do you see people walk up and say, hey, I'd like to give my life to someone else and surrender it to God? That is an adventure, guys. That is stepping out of your normal area 
to pursue something big. That is stepping out of your comfort zone and into God's hands. Salvation, being a Christian, is an adventure all by itself. This past, like, April, April or March, one of those, I had felt God calling me to step out of the church that I've been in for 10 years, a church that I truly love, a church that is filled with people that love me, a church that pays me very well, and, you know, enough that I could buy a longboard, and um, a church that had taken care of me for literally a decade. And I was at, and I felt God calling me to start this new church. And I was scared to death for a lot of reasons. One, I was starting a church without any other help. Like, I was supposed to pull a team together to help me start this, and I had no experience with that. Scared to death. The church that I'm starting, we don't even have a building yet. And we start in August. Like, we literally have about seven weeks to pull everything together right now. We have 40 people that are meeting every week who already call me their pastor, who are already calling ourselves a church, and we don't even have a place to meet yet. But God has been faithful with it. And, you know, I know y'all, money's not, you know, something that is big deal to you guys yet. But it meant my family losing over half of our income. I've got three little kids that depend on me. And I came to a point where I was like, God, is this what you want me to do? And I felt God tell me, yes, this is where I want you to go. And it scared me. Let me tell you. You know what else scared me? Telling the people I loved at my church that I was leaving scared me. I can tell you this. God has already blessed me more than I could have ever imagined by being a faithful him and stepping out like this. The people at my church that I actually love don't hate me, which is good. Some people mind, but I don't care about them. Um, The people I love are cool with me. Um, You know, God has provided for our family. God is literally opening all these doors to make these things possible. And I'll just say, it's an adventure. Every day I'm hanging on to God with nothing else. Just trusting him because there I've got nowhere else to go. Let me tell you, it's exhilarating. It's it's fun. It's adventure. It's scary. God wants you to have adventure for your life, but that doesn't mean God just wants you to ride roller coasters. That doesn't mean that God wants you to just parasail or that God wants you to try and wrestle alligators or swim in North Carolina. That doesn't mean that's the adventure that God has for you. The adventure that God has for you is this, to follow him wherever he leads you. Because if you follow God, I promise it's not going to be easy. I've never followed God in a place where he challenged me and it was easy. But it's always been exhilarating to watch God move. And listen, God is going to ask you to do things in your life that won't be easy. And that's going to be the point where you have to determine, am I going to stay right where I'm at, where I'm comfortable? Or am I going to take that adventure? Am I going to step out? Because let me just tell you, you're never going to have the life that God planned for you if you're comfortable. If you're comfortable right where you're at, then you're in the wrong place. Because if you look at how Jesus led his disciples, that wasn't the life that they led. When Jesus walked up to the disciples, what did he say? 
Just vague. You don't have to quote a scripture. But what did he tell the disciples? Follow me. He literally said, leave everything in your life and let's go. Now let me ask you. You guys that read your devotional and everything this morning. Like Peter, he went back to fishing. Which do you think he had a more adventuresome life with? Following Jesus every day for three years or fishing? Think of the stuff Peter saw in the three years he followed Jesus versus what he saw every day fishing. When we follow God, it it truly is an adventure. Let's go ahead to the first verse, Ms. Mariah. We talked about this verse earlier, and it's just one of my favorite verses. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come life that they may have it to the full. Have life and have it more abundantly. God sent Jesus so that you may have life to the fullest. Now let me ask you, do you think having life to the fullest is life without adventure? No. Life to the full means life with adventure. Life with you stepping out of your comfort zone. Life to the full means you are always on the go. That doesn't mean you have to be running around and busy, but that means that you are clinging to wherever God leads you and you are willing to go. I can tell you, I've been on some crazy adventures in my life. Some of them I chose. Some of them God chose. And I can always tell you that the adventures I chose may have been fun, but the adventures I let God choose were the ones that actually changed my life. I do this, I haven't done it in a year, but for three years straight I did this race called Rugged Maniac. And I know you're like, he races? Yes. Um, I did this race called Rugged Maniac where you have to run three miles through mud, barbed wire, fire, jumping over floating objects in rivers, climbing over 14-foot walls, swinging on ropes, and all this other stuff. And it's so much fun, but it hurts, and it's crazy. And every time I finish it, I'm like, oh, that was great. And then it's over. Like, I spent one day in an adventure, and I went back to my normal life. Now, some adventures only last that one moment. But let me tell you this, if you are willing to follow Jesus Christ every day in your life, it's an adventure that continues. Jesus wants your life to be full, to the fullest, to have the best experience, to experience God on a daily basis. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You know what? Satan wants you to stay comfortable. Satan wants you to stay cushioned and soft and safe and in your little comfort zone so that you never venture out. Satan wants you to have friends that will keep you where you're at and never let you grow. Satan wants you to be so distracted in church that you never listen and hear what God is calling you to do. Satan wants your Xbox 360 or Xbox One or PS4 to have so many entertaining games that you never bother to read the Bible. Satan wants us to be so engulfed in social media that we never pray. He wants us to be really, really comfortable where we're at. But when we challenge ourselves, when we realize that other things are keeping us away from the adventure that God calls us to, it's up to us to decide, am I going to be comfortable where I'm at? Or am I going to take this step 
and have this adventure with God. I used to do this thing with my youth group, not the youth group I just had, but my very first youth group, where if I saw them being too overwhelmed by electronics, video games, social media, whatever, I would challenge them. I wouldn't force anybody to do it. could never force anybody to do anything like that. I said, give up electronics for a week. All electronics. TV, video games, phones, internet, everything. Give up everything for a week. And the time that you would spend in that, pray and read the Bible. I can tell you this. I can promise you this. Every kid that actually did that came out completely changed. That was the adventure versus the comfort zone. Which do you think is easier, to have all of your electronics in your hands or to read the Bible and pray every day for a week? No, it's a lot easier to have your electronics. You know what? I'm slightly addicted to electronics. I get that. I am. High-speed internet is my friend. My Xbox One is my friend. I spend time with that. And if I'm super honest, let me show you something I did. This was an adventure for me. This is one of my adventures. I started a habit of writing down every prayer I pray. I started a habit of writing down every single prayer I pray. Does the Bible say you have to do that? No. No, this is my adventure. I'm not telling you this is what you have to do. But look what I did. I started writing down every single prayer I pray. And you know why I did this? One, so I can remember the stuff I pray for. But two, because guess what happens? There comes a point where what? I haven't prayed in a minute. And I can look at that and say, oh my gosh, look how long it's been since I've seriously prayed to God. And it reminds me. This is my adventure. This is an adventure I chose. I keep this journal with me. And whenever I seriously pray, if you've asked me to pray for you and you don't find it in this book, guess what I didn't do? Unless I was driving or something. But if I'm actually at home and you've asked me to pray for you, then you're in that book. Every prayer I prayed, like this month, is in there. That's an adventure for me. It's something I challenged myself to do. You have to keep moving forward if you want life to be abundant, if you want life to be full. If you don't move forward, guess what? You stay still. How many of you guys have ever heard the concept that a shark has to keep moving to breathe? Okay. Let me ask you this. Just crowd, is that true or false? Raise your hand for true. Raise your hand for false. Okay, it's true. Now, it's not true in every species of shark. I have no idea what that is. Um, But in some species of sharks, their gills don't work the way they originally did. And in order for oxygen to actually pass through them, they have to be moving. They don't have to be swimming at an alarming rate, but unless they move... Oxygen does not get into them, and they die. They drown. As funny as that is, a a shark will drown or suffocate because it stops moving. Now that, again, that's not all sharks, but it's some sharks. Well, here's the thing. Because of the way the ocean current goes, they can kind of just glide 
And as long as they keep moving, like even if they just head downward and let themselves fall, that's still motion. And that's still something letting oxygen pass over their gills. Like I just said, they just kind of glide or let the current take them. But it's if they it's if they actually just sit down or be still, what happens? They'll choke. They'll die. Listen. As a Christian, as somebody in this world, if you stop growing in your faith, if you stop growing in who you are as a Christian, that's not adventure. That's not the life that God has called you for. You should always be able to say, here's what I'm doing to grow. I have this day planner on my phone, and it ties my internet and my calendar online. It ties my wife's calendar. But I have a calendar that shows me what's next for me. Like, that I've always know, I always know on my calendar what's my next event. I'm a, I'm, I have a full life. I have a very full life, and I always have something going on. And so my calendar shows me what is next for me every day. And you know what? There are hardly ever days that don't have something on it for what's next. I've got an event. I've got something Saturday when I get home. I've got church on Sunday. I have a newspaper interview on Monday. I have my daughter's karate class on Wednesday. I have church on Wednesday. I always have something next. Because guess what happens to me? If I don't have anything on my calendar, if I don't have something to go to next, I get bored. I get bored. I feel like I'm wasting my time. I know that there's oh, what about rest? I do that when I'm sleeping at night. The rest of the time, I like my life to be full. As a Christian, you always need to have what's next. What am I doing? What's this next adventure I'm taking in my faith? Am I going to try and read a whole book of the Bible this month? Am I going to commit to pray every day? Am I going to keep a prayer journal? Am I going to go on a mission trip? Am I going to serve at camp? Am I going to raise money for a missionary? What is my next? Because if you don't have a next step, guess what? You're drowning. If you don't know what you're going to do next in your faith, you're getting still, you're getting comfortable, and there is no adventure in you to propel you forward. Because let me ask you this, outside of coming to sit in the church and come to camp this week, what have you done to grow in your relationship with God? Do you know what's next for you to do to grow in your relationship with God? If you're, okay, yeah. uh, if you're reading the Bible, do you know what book you're going to read next? If you are reading a devotional, do you know what's coming next for you? We have to know that because Jesus wants us to have life and have it to the fullest. All right, let's get to the next verse, Ms. Mariah. This is a big one, okay? It says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful servants see decay. Or faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Listen, when you take these adventures I'm talking about in your faith, it's not about you doing it alone. Guess who's doing it with you? God is with you every step of the way. Look how many times the psalmist says he interacts with God right here. One, 
He says that God's at his right hand. That's one. He says that God will not let me be shaken. That's two. He says that his heart is glad because of it, that his tongue rejoices, that his body rests, that he's not abandoned, that he's not decaying, that he's shown the path, that he's filled with joy, and that he gets eternal pleasures. Just in these little verses, he's like, these are ten ways that God is with me every step of every adventure. One of my faith, one of my principles that I do my best to live my life by because I do travel a lot is I don't travel alone. It's for accountability, it's for encouragement, it's for strength, it's for safety. If I'm going on a trip, I don't travel alone. That's how I work. Every time I've come to Tapuingo, who's came with me? Basha and a group of kids have come with me every time. But I come here to lead you guys with Basha. When I go, you know, if you know me or you've talked to me outside of this, I do ministry at Comic-Cons. Usually about once a month, I'll go to a Comic-Con and I'll set up books or I'll give out Bibles. And I have a guy who goes with me to every Comic-Con. In every other adventure in my life, my wife is always right beside me. Or one of my kids. Or one of the college students I work with. Or another pastor. I have people that walk alongside me to go on these adventures with me. Listen, I would encourage you, have people in your life that encourage you to take risks, that encourage you to grow. Do, you ever, do any of you guys have a friend that's braver than you and gets you to do stuff you might not normally do? I wouldn't have bought a longboard if Bosch hadn't told me to. Legit, wouldn't have happened. If Bosch hadn't stood there and pressured me, I would have never bought a longboard. Wouldn't have happened. Some of the dumbest stuff I've done in my life has begun because I've had friends push me to do it, but it's been adventure. I, I've jumped off cliffs before into water that I wouldn't have done if somebody wasn't standing there telling me to do it. I've done stuff that literally didn't make sense in my mind, but when a friend stood there and told me to do it, and I, they walked alongside me, I'm like, okay, let's do it. Let's do this crazy thing that's probably going to hurt. But I had people alongside me that pushed me. Listen, there's two things I want you to take from this. You need other Christians to walk alongside you to help you in this adventure of your faith to push you along forward. In the month I've been working at this new church, I've had to work a million times harder than I ever had. Because I've got six other pastors within an arm's reach of me challenging me every day. I had to preach last Sunday. It was my first time preaching at this new church. And I've always, just when I preach at my church, when I preach in our campus ministry or youth, I, I make my sermons, and I go and I do it, and nobody ever asks me any questions. A week before I preached this past week, my lead pastor's like, you got your sermon? I'm like, in my head? He's like, no, I want your sermon written out. I'm like, What? He's like, yeah, I want you to write out your entire sermon, hand it over to me, let me critique it, and then five days before you preach on Sunday, I want you to be able to preach it to me first. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And, you know, my feelings were kind of hurt, like, I don't need you to tell me what to do. I know what I'm doing. But guess what? My sermon was better. Because he pointed out, he's like, oh, do this, tie that in there. 
oh, you could do this. And it helped me grow. And I will become a better pastor because I've got these guys pouring into me. I've got these guys teaming up with me and working with me. If Uncle Paul had to run this entire place by himself, I'm sure it could still run, but I'm pretty sure what little hair he's got would fall out. But if Uncle Paul has an amazing team. I know, I know Miss Mariah doesn't talk too much to the whole crowd. You know, I know she works all the time. But every time Uncle Paul has ever talked about Mariah, he's talked about Mariah like literally the whole camp functions because of her. Because she does all this work. Uncle Paul tells me he couldn't do the work he does here without Mariah. Mariah. Yeah, Mariah. <laughs> now, now, I say all this to say, Uncle Paul has people that walk beside him and push him. I have people that walk beside me and push me. Surround yourselves with people who will push you to be bold and to make big choices for God. Because guess what? God is there with you already. He is going to walk with you. He is going to guide you. And any bold step you take to follow God, He's got your back. He is there with you. Somebody earlier tonight or earlier this week told me God was leading them to do something and they were scared to do it because they didn't think they had the abilities to do it. God's with you. God has your back. And if you feel that God's leading you to do something, guess what? God will be beside you every step you take. And look at these promises we have. You won't be shaken. Your heart will be glad. He will give you rest. He won't let you go. He won't let you decay. He will show you the path. He will give you joy. And He will give you heavenly pleasure eternally when you follow Him. Let God be your road your road buddy. Let God be your sidekick. Let God be your wingman. Let God be the person that stands beside you in everything you do. And take some other believers along with you to be bold in your choices. Live that adventure. Let's go to the next one. Guess, guess what? We're not supposed to be scared, guys. We're not. There's a difference between healthy reason and fear. Sometimes healthy reason isn't the best idea. <laughs> You know, when we're, you know, we think, oh, I shouldn't do this. Maybe this is a bad choice. The other day when Bosch and I went hiking, we got out of the van. I said, hey, you got water? No, I forgot it. I was like, well, I got one cup. Healthy reason should have said, hmm, we should probably go get some water before we go down this trail. But we didn't. But we weren't afraid either, but we ran pretty close to dead. Um... But the thing is, God does not want us to have a spirit of fear. I'll tell you something. How many of you guys have done the zip line? How many of you have had to be pushed off the zip line? Be honest. It's okay. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. Now, listen, because what happens? What happens when you're standing up there and you're looking down? It's hard to move, ain't it? It's it's legitly like it's legitly like oh I can't do this. And then Miss Leanne or somebody that's up there will say, "You want me to push you?" And they're like, "Yes, drop kick me, <laughs> suplex me off of this thing so I can get down." Because sometimes we get up there and there's fear. Because listen, 
I understand the concept of high ropes. I understand that that wire that runs across from the zip line down, I know it's weight capacity. I understand the carabiners. I understand the clips. I understand that by all logic and science, no one would ever have a problem, even me, that no one would have a problem going down that thing. Is it still scary? Yup. Because we have that fear in us of that. It's like, I'm this high off the ground. I shouldn't be this close to an edge. But we, have, we need that thing to put us over. And listen, that goes right back to what I said about having someone to push you along. Sometimes we need people that are believers, that are leading us in the right direction, that are able to give us that push to keep going. Because guess what? If God wants us to take that step off that ledge and we have people in our lives who aren't helping us, what are they going to tell us to do? Step back. Don't worry about it. You don't have to go off that edge. We'll do something else. You need people that are going to push you in the direction that God needs you to go. Because look at this verse. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and sound mind. God wants you to be bold in your adventure with him that if you're scared, that doesn't stop you. God wants you to be bold enough that if you know God is leading you and you're scared, that that doesn't stop you. One of the new pastors I work with, he sent me this Facebook message uh, about two months before I changed churches. He said, hey, bro, you scared? Being honest, I'm like, yep. He's like, well, God didn't give you that spirit. Squash that and let's keep going. I'm like, oh, duly noted. (laughs) And um, that's kind of the attitude I had is like, oh, God didn't give me that fear? Okay, let's squash it and keep moving. Squashed it. Um. But we need to realize that if God does not give us a spirit of fear, that when fear overtakes us when we follow him, who is that coming from? The devil. That is Satan holding us back with that fear in our hearts. God has not given us a spirit of fear. God. So look, when we see that of power, that's boldness. That's the ability to know that I can go anywhere and do anything that my God is calling me to do with his help. That God has given, hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but he has given me a spirit of power, of love, of sound mind, that I can boldly take whatever step God has called me to do. Guys, listen. God does, hasn't called you to sit on a pew the rest of your life and never do anything more to serve him. Go to church. By all means, please go to church. But that's not where your spiritual walk stops. That's not even the ledge. That's the first step. To get to the top. Don't be settling for a comfortable life when God has called you to adventure, when God has called you to be bold, when God has called you to follow him. Let's go to the next one. I think it's our last one. Mariah. We go to the next one? Thanks. All right. Um, Colossians 3.23. This is my verse. I love this verse. It says, whatever you do, do it with your whole heart for God and not for man. We said earlier that an adventure is whenever you do something that's kind of out of the norm. Well, guess what? You can turn almost anything into an adventure when your heart's put into it. You can turn almost anything into an adventure when you put your whole heart into it. Some... 
sometimes as counselors, and trust me, I've been there. I've been a counselor years and years. As counselor here. Uncle Paul was still here. Uncle Dave, or Mr. Dave was still here. You know, 12 years ago, I was in your shoes. Sometimes it's easy to look at a week of camp like, this is my job. Versus this is an adventure. It's, it, sometimes it's easy to look at it like, this is my job, versus I get to pour into the lives of young people. Yeah! It's hard, sometimes that attitude's hard to come by, right? It's, sometimes it's not easy to be there. But when your attitude is set that you are going to put your whole heart in what you're doing, it can automatically turn something boring in your life into an adventure. It can turn some boring moment in your life into a moment where God does great things if you put your whole heart into it. But let's be honest, most of us don't put our whole heart into everything we do, do we? Most of us don't put our whole heart into what we do. Think about how different camp would be, how different our churches would be, how different our families and our friends would be if we put our whole heart into everything we did. world would be different, guys. It would be an adventure instead of boring. It would be an adventure instead of just everyday stuff. Jesus says he's called us to have life and have it abundantly. Let me be clear. If we didn't get this across to you last night, if somehow you missed it, that abundant life starts when Jesus becomes your Savior. This life, this adventure that I'm talking about, that can't even get started until your life is in the hands of Jesus Christ. So please, remember, that's the first step. You ever heard people say that being a Christian is boring? Like, I don't want to be a Christian. They live a boring life. Listen, if you're a Christian and it's boring, you're doing it wrong. If you're a Christian and your life isn't scary because you're taking big steps and because you're following God and because you're trusting in Him in faith, you're doing it wrong. If you are a Christian and your life isn't just literally overwhelming sometimes because of how scary it is to follow him, you're missing it. You're doing it wrong. Let me ask you, how many things in your life do you actually put your whole heart into? All right, we put our heart into a lot of different things. And listen, that's not wrong. Because that scripture says, whatever you do, put your whole heart into it for God. If it's cake decorating and you put your whole heart into it for God, adventure time. Great. But, come on, grab your friends. Um, if you, listen. If you truly believe what Jesus told us in John 10, 10, if you truly believe he wants you to have life abundantly to the fullest, if you believe that what God told us through the psalmist, that God will be with us of every step of every adventure we take, if you truly believe God hasn't given you fear, but instead has given you power, and if you truly believe God wants you to do everything with your whole heart, your life will be different. Your actions will be different. But a lot of times we forget these things or we don't believe them. I'm going to remind you one more time. We're going to wrap up for the night. 
Jesus wants you to have the fullest life possible. That comes from having a relationship with him and letting him guide you. The second scripture we showed, Mariah, if you would flip back through these for me uh, while we're going through them. Megan's ruining the world. Thanks, Megan. Start back up where the scripture is, please. One more. One more. There you go. All right. First off, step one. Jesus wants you to have the fullest life possible, and that can only come when your life and your faith is placed in him. He wants your life to be full. He wants your life to be adventure. He wants it to be exhilarating, not because, you know, you jump off a roller coaster mid-ride, but because you're following him in everything you do. Don't recommend that. Second scripture showed us this. Second scripture showed us this. We're awesome. That, you're on it. Way to go. That with God beside you, you are never alone in any step you take. Jesus wants you to have the fullest fullest life possible, but God will always be beside you in any step you take. If you believe God is good and you believe his word is true, he's not going to let you go. So you don't have to be afraid of doing it alone. The third scripture we looked at is that you do not have to be afraid because God didn't give you that fear. God instead gave you power. Power is literally the opposite of fear. Because it's the difference between believing you can't do something versus believing that you have the ability to do it. God didn't give you the fear. He wants you to proceed on. Then the last verse is this. Whatever you do, do it with your heart. God wants you to turn the boring things, the lame things, the things that you don't even care about into adventure, into full, abundant life by putting your whole heart into what you do. Listen, I know this is going to sound super lame, but put your whole heart into your schoolwork. Do it. Yay! Yay! Listen. Guess what? I know every church isn't perfect. I haven't met a perfect church yet because the church is made up of people and there are no perfect people, so there are no perfect churches. But if you put your whole heart into serving your church, serving at camp, serving Jesus in different areas, things will change. If you put your whole heart into your schoolwork, your athletics, your family, your relationships, into knowing Jesus and having that relationship with him, Your life goes from being boring and pointless and filled with things that don't matter to being filled with Jesus giving you a life that is abundant and has not only earthly value but eternal value. A lot of times we put our whole heart into things that mean nothing. But notice what it says here. Put your whole heart into it for God, not for man. Sometimes we put our whole heart into things, but we're not doing it for God. We're doing it for ourselves. Uh, the video game Batman Arkham Knight came out like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something. No, no, it's it's a new video game, and uh, I wanted to finish the story. I wanted to finish it. So I got it, and I didn't sleep for two days. Like, except when I passed out. Like, literally, I didn't go to bed for two days because I'm going to finish this story was literally my attitude. I need to know what happens. So I literally finished a game that has taken most people like two weeks. I finished it in under three days. And I sat there and, you know, I, po- I, I finished the story and I'm like, oh, great, I did it. 
I didn't do that for God. I put my whole heart into it. Made my wife mad. I did, you know, neglected my children. Um, didn't eat healthily, whatever, whatever you want to say about it. I put my whole heart into it, but I didn't do it for God. I did it for me. That's not life abundant, is it? No, it's not. It's not. Life abundant is when we put our whole heart into things for God. So listen, guys, I challenge you. God wants your life to be the fullest. That comes from having a relationship with Jesus Christ as the first step and then following him all the rest of the steps. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for challenging us. Thank you for equipping us to know that we can have a full and abundant life in you. That we don't have to be discouraged. We don't have to be afraid. That we don't have to settle for boring or mundane or to have a life that doesn't mean anything. That you have called us, you have saved us for a purpose, and that you want us to have life abundantly. So God, help us to truly realize there's an adventure before us. And that if we follow you, we can be all over that. So God, help us to embrace that adventure and to pursue it as we pursue our relationship with you. In Christ's name, amen.